welcome to Dragon Heart. Loads to talk about this week. We've had two new signings. One, you know, it's not that big, I suppose. Um, didn't break the internet or anything. The other one, <laughs> the other thing to talk about, we've had a brand new away kit, which we're going to talk about. And we've got a friendly, which neither of us watched, but you've had some notes. So, yeah, how are you doing, Mark? Yeah, not too bad. You know, I've not broken the internet or anything. But um, <laughs> but I am, funnily enough, last season's League Two Player of the Year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm well ready for action, Jay. Let's crack <laughs> on with it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's crack on with it. So after this, we're going to talk about our two new signings. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Vose, and uh, this is Dragon Hot. Well, two new signings. First one was Harry Lennon, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that's right. He came early on this week. Um, from listening to what other fans have said, he seems like a real player, but his issues are off the pitch, really, aren't they, with uh, his injuries, really? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's continuing a pattern, really, isn't it, of signings who clearly have had their careers in the Football League, uh, players who are worth contracts in the Football League, um, but we're managing to bring them down to us and yeah, the the only issue is uh, one of just keeping him fit. And otherwise, he sounds like he's physical and quick. There's a bit of a profile building, I think, with the sort of centre-backs we're bringing in where they're comfortable enough on the ball and they're, they're big and strong as they have to be in the National League. But they also look to have a little bit of pace about them as well. So that looks like, a, looks like he fits into a good profile there. And as long as we can keep him fit, he sounds like he's going to be a, an asset. Yeah, well, with hopefully of all the improved things off the pitch, maybe we yeah. can keep these players fit. Maybe he doesn't play every game. Maybe, you know, if he's got these injury problems, maybe he doesn't train as much and he's ready for match day. And hopefully the science off the pitch can help with that. But from what I've heard from the other teams he's played for, he, he sounds like a real solid talent, to be fair. And yeah, a solid signing for our level, I'd say. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll get onto it in a bit when we talk about the Burnley game as well. Just what how many sort of defenders we're looking to have in playing in our starting formation uh, will maybe be interesting as well. You know, if we play three at the back, we need more depth in the centre of defence. If we're playing four at the back, not so much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he fits into that pattern. But yeah, certainly from what we know, he's certainly got the ability to help drive us forwards. Mm, yeah, well, I think if we're playing three at the back, we'll probably need three more centre-backs, really, would you say? I think, yeah. I mean, French can yeah. play in there. Um, we, we've said in the past that we think records could probably tuck in there as well. But, yeah, I would agree at the moment. It looks to me like if, yeah, we're going to play three at the back, uh, well, you need at least five centre-backs, don't you really, in all honesty? Yeah. And at the moment, we've got two plus Cleworth, who we assume we will look to loan out. Although I do like the look of Max Clevers, to be honest with you. And he fits the profile in, in the sense of being a player who can pass out from the back. He's very good with the ball at his feet for a centre-back. So, he, you know, Max Clevers is one I'd like us to keep an eye on, but it may well be that he needs another season of first-team football. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd well, be great. Well, maybe um, Parkinson's seen something in him and maybe wants him as a backup this season. Yeah. Uh, you never know, do you? But the, the obvious thing for me would be maybe get him out to Welsh Premier League or Conference Northside and get that real experience in. Wouldn't that be the obvious thing to do, I'd say? 
You know, I'd love to see. I, I think it'd be a very difficult deal to strike, though, would be him having a season on loan in our league. Now, right. a difficult deal to strike, I think, in the sense of teams in our league probably aren't looking to loan a lad who's, well, he's yet to make his league debut and from somebody at the same level. So I do understand that. And when you look at the quality, you know, Grimsby's lone centre-back this week, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, they're bringing in players with a lot more experience from a higher level. So maybe it'll be a hard sell for us. But I think Cleworth is, I think he, well, he did very well at Carnarvon. Um, and right. I'd like to see him step it up again. And if he could show himself, if he could get a run at our level, which, like I said, is a, is a, a rare deal to strike, um, he'd be ready for League Two next season, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah but, but with that argument, maybe he's ready to play for us. That's fair comment. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Why loan him out? If he's, if he's good enough to play for National League side, then play for us, rather than getting someone else in as well. So I would argue even if we play four of the back, we need um, three, right? maybe two or three more centre-backs because Tyler French, I would imagine, would be cover for right-back if we were playing four at the back. You'd have thought so. I mean, to be fair to him, actually, because we, when we've seen him last season, like I say, he likes driving up and down and he was playing as a wide centre-back in the three. And I think that, yeah, wing-back, wide centre-back are his best positions. But to be fair, he did the defensive side of the job very well when he was playing as a centre-back. And, and I could see him being okay in a two. But yeah, we, we want, you know, if you've got flexible players, you want to be able to have other options. So because of that, yeah, I agree. I think you you cater for a back four with French as backup at fullback. And then as the season progresses, if you need to use them in the middle, you do so. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think with French as well, we forget about how young he actually is, with that, how mature he actually plays sometimes. Yeah. So maybe being a full first choice centre back at a team that are pushing for the title, it's a lot, isn't it? For someone of that age, yeah, but you know, you got to grasp the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. And then we have this one other little signing we had last week, yeah. which, um, you know, it, I don't think men talking about it really. Uh, Paul Mullen, <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you, that that more people were talking about that transfer than the Jaden Sancho transfer that happened at the same day. <laughs> oh, it was something, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, his, his record, goal scoring records, crazy. Uh, just to bring him in like that, uh, that's, man, it's, it's not just a signing, it's a statement, isn't it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I put a tweet out saying this is a statement. It, it says a hell of a lot, because even the likes of Preston were going in for him at the Championship. Yeah. Um, and what I liked about him, he scores all sorts of different types of goals as well. Mm. Um, he seems the full package, and for us to entice him to come down this level really means that these owners aren't really messing about, are they? Oh, gosh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just uh, uh, the sort of signing that, that gets you so excited, isn't it, really? I mean, when you look at his goal scoring record, so last year, obviously, I mean, he's got 32 goals just in the league. That, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. uh, another couple as well in the LDV or whatever it's called these days. So, Goals per start, uh, you know, through the roof. Um, but actually, he's got a, a decent record of goal scoring before then. Um, you know, going back through his history, I mean, the, the season before at Tranmere in League One and at Cambridge combined 14 starts, five goals, so one in three, roughly. 
Um, the season before at Tranmere, eight starts, five goals. Uh, in all competitions, 14 starts, seven goals. So even when he's not getting a lot of pitch time, he's still scoring. Um, Swindon, the season before in League Two, 26 starts, 10 goals. And then at Morecambe, three seasons in League Two, 10 goals in 38, 10 in 16, 8 in 21. And that's his career record. So he's, he's consistently scoring goals. He's got to double figures in all but three of the seasons he's played, four, five, six, at seven. Um, that's it's a tasty record when you consider, obviously, that the start of that is him just establishing his, himself, isn't it? It's just him as a yeah. young pro settling into the professional game. Um, that, that's, that's a fantastic record. And, and he's dropping down a league. It sort of reminds me of, like, say... Andy Morell, when he had that fantastic season with us, dropping down a league to like Scarborough at the time or something. You know what I mean? That that that's what it sort of reminds me. It's just it it's it's one hell of a signing. It really, really is. And it's it, I just couldn't quite believe it because I remember us talking about it the week before saying, "Ah, oh, we're not going to sign someone like him." You know, he's he's going to go Championship. He's going to go League One. You know, but he he's come down to us. But I think one thing that's completely not talked about enough is he's moved closer to home. Wrexham's only a stone's throw away from Merseyside really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a, a player who's made a real commitment to us and he's bearing out what Phil Parkinson's been saying about being patient, that these are big decisions for players. You know, like you said, that we understand that the championship teams after him, he's actually dropped two divisions because your analogy of Andy Morell is mm. absolutely spot on. Um, a morale had gone up with us, so he's got, he, he could have stayed and been in League One, but instead he's had to take his time and weigh up his options. But he's decided that we're the direction to go in, and the long term we're the best option. It's a fabulous signing. I mean, to me, yeah, you know, being realistic, this is like the the top end of what we could possibly hope for, and that's why I'm delighted to land it because we've now sent out a message of what we're looking to do. And similar players with a similar profile to him will look at that and think, oh, Wrexham, okay, yeah, yeah, they really are serious about it. And also, you know, that slightly disappointed feeling you get when Stockport buy really good players. Yeah. Now, now Stockport and all the others are thinking, oh, oh, look at Wrexham. Oh, that's a bit of a worry. I'm, I'm happy with that, to be honest with you. It's an intimidatory message as well, isn't it? And it's not just the others in our league. Uh, a lot of fans from League One, Championship, League Two. It, as I said, it broke the internet. It really did break the internet uh, last Friday. I couldn't quite believe like, all the football, major football accounts, all the major, it, all in, in England and in the UK, were just talking about us signing this player. And it, it just says a hell of a lot. And um, a lot of fans are comparing us to sugar daddy clubs around, <laughs> around um, England. But I, Honestly, I think it, this is a lot different because Wrexham have that history already. It's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible hypocrite. All right, I'm going to fess up. <laughs> you know? Oh, the grief I gave Crawley and Fleetwood and all those, you know. Um, suddenly, my opinion's changed a bit. But to be honest with you, that, that's because I'm comfortable with this notion of ownership the, as... Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds have said very clearly their idea is to leave us in a better place. Whereas the worry for me with clubs to spend lots of money, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I never complained about them spending a lot of money per se. It's just that when a sugar daddy comes in and throws that money in, 
there comes a point where the sugar daddy leaves and then that club suffers. And that's what would worry me normally and make me not like that sort of uh, model. You know, look at what's happened to Russian and Diamonds. I mean, it was, they were, a, they were literally a village club. They got a wonderful stadium and amazing facilities built for them. They went up as high as League One and their stadium now is rubble and they don't exist. I mean, you know, that, that's tragic. That's the thing that worries me about the unrealistic injection of cash. But, well, the owners have been very clear that this is a sustainable thing, isn't it? And that's why I feel comfortable with it. Apart from the fact that, yeah, it's it's my club. <laughs> and we just bought Paul Mullen. And we shouldn't have yeah, Well, but the thing is, though, um, our owners are building a worldwide fan base. So when they do leave, Rex will be in, in a lot of people's memories, won't they, you know? The, t- the TikTok thing's been an absolute genius. You know, I've walked through town. I've seen so many kids wearing TikTok tops, Rex and TikTok tops. And it, it, it's, it's really, really genius marketing by our owners and, our t- and, and the club. And it's, it's um, building us a real, real base to maybe shoot up, those, shoot up the English ladder. It's, it's very smart. Whichever league we're in next year will be under financial fair play. This opening up of really big revenue streams is super preparation for that. Um, you might argue that this year there's a bit of a free hit to spend money before we're under those strictures as well. But yeah, to be striking these deals is fantastic. And well, they'll be wearing TikTok shirts around the streets of Philadelphia now, won't they? Nice green TikTok shirts. Yeah, and that's what we're moving on to now is the the, the brand new kit. What, what were your thoughts on the new kit? I really like it. I really like it. Um, I'm a sucker for a retro kit. I've got to be honest with you. But I, I think it looks nice. I, I like that lace thing at the top. And and the it's always sunny thing. There's a big fan yeah. on the back. I do like that as well. Um, but I've got to say, the big deal for me is what I just said before. This is this will sell outside of our local area, outside of our normal fan base. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the shirt that Ryan Reynolds uh, is, <laughs> appears in. You know, this is yeah. the shirt that they can push uh, in America or Canada and certainly in Philadelphia, the idea of, you know, the Eagles fans wearing it. Yeah, but it's it's beautifully yeah. done, isn't it? You know, if we were, if we were at a, a small club somewhere else linked to us in this way, we, a lot of us would consider buying their shirt. And yeah, it's a nice piece of, of, um, sort of cross-fertilization, if you like. I don't think it's a coincidence as well that Charlie Day, of course, who of the stars of Always Sunny, did that yeah. brilliant TikTok video. TikTok video, it's all LinkedIn. It's like someone's planned this out. It's almost like we're clever <laughs> all of a sudden. But he did that brilliant TikTok video himself launching the shirt. You know, so, yeah, it's really, it's really, really smart. And again, it opens up revenue for us. And it's a nice shirt too. <laughs> what do you think Yeah. Um... Right, I gotta be brutally honest. I'm not the biggest fan, but I think I can see why they've done it. It makes sense, you know, from a business point of view. I, I think it does look quite nice. I'm not, just, I don't, I'm not sure if I like the collar. I don't. I'm opposite to you. I don't like the the black stringy bits, but I can see where they're coming from. For me, it, it makes sense from a business point of view. I think I prefer last season's away kit ever so slightly, but yeah, it's it's a it's a nice kit. It, it looks iconic, doesn't it? It looks doesn't look just like a packaged kit that you can just get from Sports Direct. It's it's very unique. 
it's very sellable and you know it's going to be crazy that people in philadelphia are going to be wearing it it's yeah it's 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 it is a good kit i do like it yeah like you say you know clubs of our nature and bigger than us usually get off the shelf kits from their uh, manufacturer and just have the badges and sponsors steamed on ironed on so it's good that we've got something which is designed for us in both shirts cases i just think again it it just elevates it a little bit makes fans feel that it's special and also gives it that unique look that will sell it outside of just our fan base so you know in all angles that's a wonderful step forward i think as well yeah yeah and it is and like the aviation gin it's smart on the sleeves as well it, it yeah it's it's a really really nice it is a really nice kit it's not my favorite away kit rex i've ever had but I can see why they've done it, and it, it you can see that being a real iconic, hopefully, title-winning kit. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would certainly push it up in the popularity <laughs> in the future. Can I ask you a question as well? You made me think then, saying about the Aviation Gin sleeve sponsorship. Do you think that having high-profile sponsors can sell a kit to people? Yeah, and I mean both in terms of your own fans. I mean, a very, very obvious example of this, I would argue, if we'd never had to take over anything like that, uh, a shirt with Wrexham Lager on the front would probably sell more than a shirt with somebody else on the front to Wrexham fans because they see that whole symbiosis and relationship. Um, To be fair, actually, Evo Williams probably is in a similar position, isn't it, now? Because Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have made them a fun brand that's recognised internationally. Yeah. So ironically, I think Paul <laughs> Williams now probably would have the same sort of cachet, you know, not just in among Wrexham fans, but but not just that. You know, you know, the, the fact that you've got Expedia, that you've got TikTok, obviously, mm-hmm. that you've got Aviation Gin, that you've got all these high-profile sponsors on the shirt. Does that appeal? do you think, to people who buy shirts, maybe if they're not yes. a Wrexham fan of, oh, look at the cool brands on it. Is that how, is that how the 21st century works? Yeah, I, I, I think that is how kits work. And I think, you know, even if you look back to Wrexham times, like 10, 20 years ago, I can guarantee you the Adidas tops we had probably sold more than the Van Denel tops we had because mm. people see logos, they see familiar things and they just buy it, don't they? Because it, it's, oh, it's got, aviation gin on that's quite cool it's got tiktok my kids are like that um it's something you, you see all the time it must be some sort of psychological thing and i think yeah the, the big sponsors certainly do help and i, I, I think with rex at the moment it's, it's a cocktail of many different things isn't it like you know the new takeover the the new players the feel-good factor people you know are going to be getting back into the stadium soon they want to buy, buy a new top don't they I, I think it's a big cocktail of a lot of things on my these shirts are flying out so quickly. It is mad, isn't it? Um, I'm just thinking then of like cult shirts that people buy without them having any link to that club uh, because of sponsor names. And the first one, oh gosh, maybe it's good that this is podcast only. I think I'll spell this rather than say it, but there was a team, where were they? They were Bolivian, I think, or Ecuadorian. And they had a cult shirt in the 80s, which people were buying. And if you look around, you'll still see people selling them now. Very basic green and white striped shirt. But the beauty is that the team's name was Deportivo 
W A N K A. <laughs> and it had written on the front of the shirt W A N K A. And they did a, a roaring trade in Britain. Um, <laughs> comparatively, <laughs> no surprise, uh, yeah, yeah, not so much in America, not just because I don't got the football shirt buying uh, culture, but also because of course <laughs> it's not as strong a word in America. And I was shocked yesterday yeah. to be watching an American edit of The Trash of the Titans, one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, and to find that, uh, <laughs> that's exactly the that, that word is, is censored in Britain. There's a bit when you two are on stage where. The word is used, and it, I've never seen that. It's been cut out. Why am I talking about this? I don't know. And then the Athletic Bilbao shirts. Um, they had a, bit, a couple of bizarre away shirts in the 90s, and they both became like cult shirts. Uh, and one of them was a Spider-Man shirt. They were sponsored by the film. Yeah. And so they had, I mean, maybe I'm unfair saying this, Maybe it's wrong because maybe the selling point was that it had the web design on the shirt, but the fact it was sponsored by Spider-Man in the middle. I wonder, you know, you know, people will buy a shirt because of a cool sponsor. And in Scarborough, or maybe this is the opposite. When they were in the football league, had their shirt banned by the football league, which these days would mean it would sell like crazy, because they were sponsored by Black Death vodka, and it had a skull and crossbones. Like a poison sign, sort of thing, on That's the pretty on the, cool. because that was the, the logo. I'm not totally sure why they banned it because they were allowing alcohol to sponsor shirts. Obviously, Rexham Lager. It's around the same time. Um, I think it was the skull and the Black Death thing that they objected to. Nowadays, that would be seen as like cracking St. Pauli and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, something in American football are with the skull and crossbones. Well, St. Pauli, the masters are selling off selling off kits, aren't they? You know, they put a rainbow flag on it. They the skull and crossbones with their kits, and you don't, you know, you obviously don't see many uh, Division Two Bundesliga's Vi kits everywhere, but you do see St. Pauli kits here, there, and everywhere. Where you look at Palmer's kit, goalkeeper kit this year, they've copied the exact same one as what Buffon's had when he first started playing for them years and years and years ago, and that's selling off. So, you know, as I said, yeah, it's, it's, I think. The sponsors do play a part, but I also think things being iconic play a part as well and being something that everyone remembers plays a part as well. Like the 150-year kits for Wrexham sold quite well, didn't they, and things like that. That's true. Well, where, where are you coming from? You don't see lots of Bundesliga <laughs> on the streets, you know. Up, up here, on the, on the sort of <laughs> east end of Wrexham, I mean, you, you can't move for kids in Greuther Ford shirts, you know. <laughs> Hands of Rostock and yeah, all them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a Hands of Rostock uh, fan club just on the clubhouse <laughs> just around the corner from us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and when they meet the Keel lads in the grey, <laughs> there's usually trouble. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it is a nice kit. It's, it's not, I, I, I'm going to be honest, it's not my favourite, but it's a, it's a really, really nice kit. And that kit was in action, wasn't it, the other day for the first time? It certainly was. Burnley away behind closed doors, and neither of us saw it. <laughs> but <laughs> said that, um, I've been given a steer, and I want to thank Colin Henry's and the media team because you know, there was virtually nobody there from the club, um, and there was no footage. But um, Colin was able to give me a bit of a detailed rundown on it, so we could have a chat about it. So thank you to him. Um, we did play three at the back. We were talking about centre backs earlier. Oh. 
but I, I, I don't think that is necessarily an indication we're going to go forwards doing that, simply because we had issues at the back. Um, Lennon and Record weren't able to play, so our numbers yeah. were massively reduced. And so whether, you know, whether that was something we're going to work on anyway, or whether it was just a case of, okay, well, we've got three lads we can put at the back, you know, because early training, pre-season matches are, to a great extent, a matter of getting your bat sharpness back. Mm. I was reading this morning in The Athletic, actually, a thing suggesting that, because the day after our Burnley match, uh, Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez came back for their first games in two-thirds of a year for Liverpool. And the the message from it was, firstly, they look so sharp in training, so the Liverpool are really optimistic that they're going to be back at their previous levels, but also that both of them made mistakes during the game. Yeah. Match sharpness and training sharpness is something different. So these games are training match sharpness exercises, aren't they? Yeah. So we may have just played three at the back because we haven't got the personnel in yet to, uh, to play differently. But yeah, we- and that, that, that's why I think it's important the Tamworth game on Saturday, if we lose 2 3 nil, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's going to be fans in the ground for that one. So, as I said, I don't think it's worth over-exaggerating over, um, if we don't play very well. Because, again, there's been plenty of times where I've seen Wrexham play really well at pre-season. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to crack on this season. And then it, not peter out very well. So, pre-season's pre-season. It's just fitness exercises, isn't it, really? Exactly, exactly. The two wing backs were Green and uh, Marsh Brown playing extremely oh. high up the, the pitch, apparently. So, again, you know, whether you would see Marsh Brown as a wing back, um, well, I was going to say I would be dubious about that, but then I suppose Carlos Edwards, <laughs> similar profile of player. Um, but having said that, it sounded like we were very much, you know, using the wing backs to be very progressive and get high up the pitch. Yeah. And there was a lot of, of um, sort of long switching between them to try and stretch Burnley out, apparently. Some people have reported that we were playing long balls. Um, that doesn't seem to have been the case. It was more that we were trying to stretch Burnley sideways by switching because they were very wide and very high up the pitch. Um, and then the other thing up front was that apparently Mullen and Hyde looked a good combination. Lots of communication between them. Nice. And, and, and looked to gel nicely. Um, now the youth players came on. Uh, the young lad Fountain apparently was the one who caught the eye the most. But uh, yeah, early days, but some interesting signs at least to to draw from that. And it sounds like we we could easily have won it. And I know the result isn't important, but it sounds like we were creative and caused problems. So we had a couple of trialists as well, didn't we? Yes, but we can't say much about that. <laughs> really yeah, but but it's nice to see that we have trialists in. Yes. We may see those trialists on Saturday as well. Be well done. Yeah, it's always ex- it's always exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's starting to develop. It's a quiet week on the transfer front this week. It's surprising, isn't it? So mm. let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because we, I think we need that. Um, maybe a holding midfielder, a couple of midfielders as well, don't we? As well as defenders. I think going forward. We we look very very strong, don't we, attacking wise? But we maybe need a few more in the middle of the park now as well. Yeah, well, I mean, if if we play two up front, which again, I'm not saying we will. It may be just that that shape was used because of the players available. But if we play two up front, then Ponticelli, Angus, 
McLinden, Bickerstaff and Thomas will all be thinking I've got to get past two proven goal scorers here. So that's a hell of a lot of competition for places yeah. if we play two up front. And, uh, well, and if Kwame Thomas comes back and plays like he did last season, he's going to be a hell of an asset, especially mm. to come off the bench as well. So, mm. yeah, it's, not, it's nice to have that, especially towards the end of last season, we had so many, so many injuries going forward. It's nice to have that a plethora of different types of forward-thinking players, isn't it? Absolutely. And like you say, then, midfield and centre-back are, are probably the priority areas, aren't they, now? Uh, yeah. Centre-mids, as you say, a, a sort of destroyer, if you will, might, might not be a bad idea, especially if we do play wing-backs and we play them high up the pitch. We've got a, we've got a 10 in Jordan Davis and, and Jarvis and Redmond. We've got an 8 in Luke Young. Uh, we need a 6, perhaps. Um, yeah. I, I, but also... You know, I like the idea of a a strong midfielder, a sort of Danny Williams style destructive midfielder, yeah. Sam Wedgbury, that sort of player. But I also like the idea of being able to bring in a playmaker, maybe a playmaker who can mix it up and scrap as well, like in the late nineties, Peter Ward, Dave Brammer, or you know Ferguson, uh, those sorts of players who can who can put in a shift and win the ball, but also use the ball intelligently as well. You know. If we've we've been concerned about lack of creativity the last few years, I'm inclined to say that that problem maybe we should put behind us now because last season we scored quite a lot of goals. Um, yeah. But I would, if we could bring in a player who can control games at this level or maybe even a level above, that really would again put the put the frighteners into teams like Stockport, wouldn't it? Yeah, and um, yeah, hundred percent. We're going to have to bring in players of a, of a good quality as well because Stockport are signing really good players as well, aren't they, this season? The, it, I think if you look at the conference in general this year, it's going to be very competitive, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hopefully we've got the quality to blow, <laughs> blow that away. It'd be interesting mm. to see where their squads are when the dust settles because, as we've been saying, players will have to play at a lower level than they want to because of the recession. But on the other hand, um, those non-league teams will still have to find some wage money for them. So it'd be interesting to see which clubs are clever and manage to land some bargains and which clubs aren't so clever and end up falling on by the wayside. This will be, uh... But us and Stockport seems to be the two that are really in a position to spend, aren't we? But there's going to be a lot of national, club, national league clubs uh, gambling this season as well, I think. Yeah. Trying to get those players who are dropping down levels because they have to and maybe they don't quite afford can't quite afford them but thankfully we're in that unique place where we can afford them and there is some sort of plan to get us out of the league maybe if it's not this season it's going to be the season after that so yeah I think if you're a player dropping down quite clearly because of Paul Mullen we're a really attractive outfit and so is Stockport a really attractive outfit to go to I think Chesterfield interests me because their power sheet payment stopped now and they have they've admitted at first that they were gambling to spend the parachute money to bounce straight back up and they haven't achieved it. Last season, I mean, as we talked about in Dragonheart, Blinken, they had a ludicrous amount of players. They they reshaped their squad essentially three times. Well, okay. They gambled, didn't work. What do they do now? They they've got a lot of those players still. Can they bring more in? Well, they're going to keep gambling. Where will that leave them? It reminds me quite a lot of the Dean Saunders years where we kept ripping up squads and starting again and having loads too many players 
and admittedly it worked in the end but because it didn't take us up if the trust hadn't taken over we probably would have gone bust because uh. the debts were immense so i've been interested to see what exactly happens with chesterfield one way or the other i get a funny feeling that they're not going to have a gray season it's going to be either spectacularly good or catastrophic yeah yeah it's it's quite scary for them in this sort of uncertain times as well isn't it really financially for everyone at the moment everyone who's working every football club so yeah i, I hope that i i wish them the best to be fair off the pitch financially so yeah there's some there are some good teams this year it's it's certain i think a lot of Wrexham fans seem to think it's going to be a bit of a walk in the park and i i i, I i'm not so confident because it's going to be very very competitive some big Big, big sides in this league this year. And Grimsby look good too. They've made some couple good signings recently. So, yeah, I, I'm, I am very excited, very eager to get this um, campaign kicked off. Absolutely. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I do think that we we ought to have a squad that can try and make it, uh, an immediate imprint on this division and dictate the terms, if you like. So, I'm not complacent about it, but I'm optimistic. Mm. 100%. Oh, again, another team, Dagenham Redbridge, looked really, really good towards the end of last season. If they, keep, if they kept all their players, they're going to be another team that are going to be going for it. So it's going to be really, really fascinating. So, yeah, after this, we're going to be, we're going to be joined by the second part of the Dominic Vos interview. This is Sean Brisley. This is Dragon Heart. Um, speaking of good goals, Tranmere. Tranmere, uh, good goal, yeah. You know, I mean, red gloves at the start of the match as well. That was a shocker. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you off it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Lovely cross um, with your left foot for the first goal. Yeah. Well, where's your he bloody nearly missed? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, Moke's done a good run. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, we was um, was in a good place for Exxon, man. We, as I said, it is bittersweet because... It was in a good place. We really was in a... Yeah. It was going in the right direction, I feel, man. And you scored a lovely curler again, edge of the area. Yeah, I think um, slow, 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 yeah. cutting one-two of Geno, whipped it far. I think everyone knows that me cutting in and whipping it far corn is kind of my bread and butter. Yeah. And then, um, you know, at that point, we're, we're well-placed in the playoffs. We yeah. did well. In fact, that game, we've won five out of six. Yeah, yeah. I think and we might have lost two... Maxwell, maybe? Is it lost yes, that's right. And that, that was a funny sort of game, but, it, you know, we made chances. Yeah, yeah, I think Manny Smith passed the ball, he got stuck in a puddle. Like, you, you, you know, it's, it happens. And then, after the Tramway game, we lose five in a row. Oh, um, this is the Christmas period. That's right, yeah. And, and I think this is where, on a personal note, yeah. uh, I, I felt the shift, uh, but more probably a bit more personal more than anything. Mm. Um, as I said, I think um, we obviously we have Christmas because I remember I remember I rem- no yeah so before these games we lost five in a row but I remember I just remember saying like I feel like I'm being blamed for this I just I just remember remember saying it I think to one of the boys and that and then two three games later after this is when I get sold anyway so I kind of was kind of. Uh, right, uh, but I couldn't. I think these little things we, look, we signed. Um, I think James Beck, uh, big six footer. <laughs> we signed uh, Hesse in midfield. Don't go Hesse coming and done well, but 
you know what his his game is. Um, so that's what I felt. We I felt that in around a certain period he was going away from us. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel that was maybe to my obviously to my demise, if that makes sense. Like you know what I mean. We it, yeah, it just felt it just felt it was going in a different direction. And I remember saying to was I feel like I'm getting blamed for this. Um, obviously without being directly blamed. Yeah. And then I remember we play uh, a game where we win first game of six three one. I can't remember who it was against uh Balkan, was it? No, we're not that one. I scored a free kick against them up three we won three one against oh, Lincoln. Lincoln he went up with three one. That was our first win in like six or something. Yeah. I remember that. I think I've got I got an I got an assist. Yeah. Um We've got the brain tree on the Tuesday. But I remember the gaffer took me off about 60, 70 minutes. Mm, and I was yeah. kind of upset because, you know, I was just getting into my rhythm again. And while well, we had a game on, on the Tuesday against Braintree. So I was thinking, oh, I must be resting me. And then don't play. Then we easily don't play. And then that's me done. Yeah. So I mean, that is my, yeah. I'm afraid uh, this is where my tone changes and I start getting angry because um, this yeah. really upsets me. That yeah, yeah. Me- what we what we had was going to take us somewhere, and it changed into something different. And yeah. if you don't mind me saying so, Dom, I mean you're the sort of player who gets labelled as being a luxury player. Oh, I agree, and, and I, I think you are a luxury player, but luxury is not a bad word. Lux, luxury, yeah, is the stuff you want, and yeah, I think it comes with a bad and when when it's, when it's going bad, luxury comes with a, a bad yeah. undertone. Do you know what I mean? And I think throughout my career. That's been a big thing with me that, oh, he's a luxury player. But when you say luxury, you are saying he, you associate with, he's a liability. He doesn't work hard. He's this. And I think prior to all of these, to, to me leaving and us losing, that was never, like, I'm not here to say I'm the hardest worker, like Connor Jennings or, but it was never a liability for the team for me. I, I never sacked it off because oh, I'm that good that I'm just going to do psych on the ball. But it's when things are going bad, it's easy to to, 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 to say. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I know you, you can't really comment on this, to be fair. You can if you want yeah. to, but you probably can't really. I mean, surely um, the manager knows what player he's bringing in. You know, that you, you, that, that's, you, know, you are that, yeah. that particular type of player. And well, listen up. Go, go, listen up. Where's it? We are... I don't have got no bad blood towards Gary Mills. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, we, it's, it's five, six years ago now. Um, I said it's, it's bittersweet, but I think, listen, he he knew what I was. Um, as I said, I never I never sacked things off. I never, you know what I mean? So when it, when I got labelled certain things, it was, mm-hmm. just, it was just, I just felt it was rubbish because, not being funny, you went and played Lee Fowler in my position. So <laughs> at that it's deeper than football for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think you can't you can't uh, get rid of me because I'm a luxury and a liability, and then go play Lee Fowler in the same position. I mean, that, that you know what I mean. That's not even that's not even criticism to fouls. It's just yeah. make it make sense. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is this is where I start ranting really, and as well yeah. in the, the go just, for it, go like, for it, go for it. that summer we brought both of you in with similar profiles, and I've got. Yeah. Thinking is that FC United game makes him suddenly realise, well, I can't play them both with the same profiles, mm-hmm. if you will. Oh, I've got two luxury players, perhaps he's thinking. Yeah. But the fact is, you've got two excellent professionals there 
who have creativity. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking of when you came back to the race course playing for Chester in sentiment, yeah. you know, yeah. showing the sort of proper shift that you put in if you put in a position to do that because you, you, know, you were deeper and you were just all over the ball all the time. But this has been my biggest thing. Listen, Adriano is no holding midfielder, yeah, naturally. Yeah. But what comes with that position is, oh, you've got to win your headers. You've got to maybe slide tackle. You've got to be defensively a bit more sound because you're not... Remember, I, I played on, on, on the wing. So, listen, I could always work harder. That's like, it goes without saying. But it was never a thing of... Like, we've come with that position. It wasn't... The requirements aren't the same as me playing centre mid. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a, a typical... It's like if I went and played centre-half, I can't expect not to win headers. Yeah. Like, it, it, comes, it comes with the, the, the role. Yeah. And I said, when I was at Chester playing centre-mid, um, it wasn't, our oh, players are running past me, I'm sacking it off. Yeah. No, I, I, I do what I have to do. But where I excel is on the ball. Yeah. There's always going to be someone probably better than me defensively because... That's just what they're betting me at. But when it comes to, all right, dictating the game now and still putting in the shift, yeah. I can still do it. So it, it's just an easy cop out for me. And the same with fouls, to be fair, because he, in his first spell with Wrexham, yeah. he's playing centre mid. He's an eight, not a 10. He's not, he's yeah. not being allowed a free roll. He's putting the shift. Yeah. It just yeah. defense to bring you both in, label you like that, apparently not use you both. And then as well, just this little structural things that almost, and I, I, I may be totally wrong saying this, but I love the possession of football, but it almost felt like it was more go out and uh, go out and express yourselves than structured. And, and the, the point about Adriano is a, a key one for me. We didn't yeah. have an actual holding midfielder as such. And when you go back and look at goals we conceded, they're not coming because yeah. you not put a shift in. They're coming because our three midfielders are all pressing high up. We got six players up on the edge of their area, big gap. Not, not, yeah, exactly. not quite put together right. You know? Yeah, it's just, it, 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 I think it was at a stage where we could have got sounder. Like when you bring a, a Hessian, that, that might have been what we needed. Yeah, that's what I felt at the time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? so, listen, Mo- Mokes isn't, I said, he isn't defensive minded. That, that's just how it is. Yeah. So there's going to be times where he, he's going to maybe leave exposed defensively because. It's not because he's taking this, by the way. It's just because he's yeah. not like that naturally. But, okay, what you do is, all right, you bring in Hezzy now and then maybe swap him with Mokes, put Mokes in an eight and put Hezzy in a yeah. four. And, you know what I mean? When we're, when we're on edge of the box, there's five instead of six where Hezzy's part of the back four. Do you know? So yeah. it's, but I just thought we just said, nah, we're just going in a different direction. Like literally, you know, yeah. that's what I felt personally. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, after you left, we went. I've never, <laughs> we were. I, I've been watching Wrexham since the 70s. You see how ancient I am. Yeah. <laughs> we went from a possession based team to the most long ball team I've ever seen Wrexham have. And believe me, yes. we were big. Yeah. But we really were Route One on Beck's head. He did all right. For yeah. Him. And Caden Jackson, who we were trying to sell in the, the January window. And the only reason we didn't sell him was because the, the international games didn't come through, which I didn't understand, it was suddenly banging them all in. But we, we changed yeah. style completely, and that really bothered me enormously. No. It, that's how it was for me. Like, like, so the, the two games before I left, I sat on the bench, Braintree and Eastleigh. Mm. 
And I remember watching it, yeah, and this was not because I wasn't even like saying because I was on the bench, but I'm saying we're playing rubbish. Like we're meant to be a footballing side. Like, I, like we're playing rubbish. I think we played Braintree. I think we lost one nil. Someone's uh, someone's got a free yeah. kick against us. Yeah. But we were rubbish. We, we was rubbish. Like we was actually rubbish. But then I remember going into the, the next game. Um, Next game easily, and I think ah, oh, I must be starting. I'll start then, whatever. Don't start. But I remember that we we was one. We got one nil down. I think Sean Newton coming on his right foot from thirty yards and P rolled it with his right foot through through the goalie's legs. Yeah. If I'm correct. And Connor Jennings missed the penalty like last minute. Yeah. But as a whole, we didn't play well. But I remember after the game, the gaff was like, "Yeah, we done well today. That's how we play." Because I think Eastley were kind of doing well at the time and whatever. And I was just there like. What the hell's happened to us? Because we didn't play good. Like, and that's, this isn't because I'm sour that I'm on the bench. It's more no. like we are a passing team. Like, we pass the ball really well. I don't think, you know what I mean? We, so, when we're playing like this, it was like, yeah, wow, this is, um, this is, can't, this is carnage. Like, and then, as I said, so Saturday, then the Monday, I'm out the door. And it saddened me so much that, I mean, honestly, that, that, I, if I go back to that loaded word luxury player, you got yeah. double figures for assists and goals in the first half of the season. And, and, that's and, the, and this is like for me, like, and if it, it annoys me because I will, I will fight this battle for, for my days because even like I know there'll be fans that even say it, but it might like because it, it, it's easy to say. But I'm like, right, if I'm lazy and I'm inconsistent and that, but I've got 11 goals, 10 assists by Christmas. I mean, imagine if I got, imagine if I got consistent then. Do you know what I mean? You're quite tasty. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, was a, it was a weird one. I even like, I remember, I think Connor Jennings finished the season with 14 goals, top yeah. goal scorer. But all these goals from off Christmas were all penalties. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I took all the penalties then. I took all the penalties. So I would have been on... Double, I've been on twenty. I've been on twenty plus goals for the so, and then I probably still would have got labelled luxury if we didn't get promoted. So it, it, it's one of those you can't, you can't, you can't win. I sometimes feel, and, and I don't again, maybe I'm being thick saying this, that when yeah. you have um, a winger that's really mm. quick and flashy, people don't tend to talk about them as, if you will, luxury players because people are excited watching them run around the outside, but then every cross is over hit. Uh, and you barely get any end product from them, whereas a playmaker gets that label. Does that make sense? It, it, cool. I, I, I hundred percent agree with you. It's um, it's football though, isn't it? Like football, like the the thing is, this is listen. People are fans. They 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 don't deserve to have their opinion. Yeah. But they are very fickle, and they don't. A lot of fans don't really watch football. So it's like someone's really fast, runs down the line, um, gets across, but the cross don't go anywhere, but they clap him because he ran really fast down the line. Yeah. Where I might be a man, look, the ball's going out of play. I might, I might not run for it. And if you see that as me being lazy, fair play. But what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to whip the ball and it's going to go on, go on someone's head. Mm. So it, it, it just depends, man. You know what I mean? It, football's hard. You, you, can't, you can't please everyone. Yeah. And, but I do think fast wingers... You know, midfielders that hit tackles, they always get 
the plaudits, which I, I, I'm not knocking them for it, but it. But what about all right? So if you go smash someone in the tackle, but then give the ball away after, is that is that tackle worth it? I'm not too sure. No. It's, it's, you know, if you run really fast down the line, keep the ball on the pitch, then kick out a play. It, it, you got asked yourself, is, is, was that worth it? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I've got to say, it's no coincidence, I don't think, that you've ended up getting appreciated abroad. Is it a, is it a very British thing that we love somebody who'll smash into a tackle or will run yeah, fast past someone rather than technical ability? It's definitely a British thing. Listen, it's definitely, especially lower levels as well. Um, and I say this humbly, like, if I if I left Wrexham and went to a championship team or or instead of going to Scunthorpe, I went to a team that I can't think they passed the ball. But like Walsall, I think they passed the ball really well. Yeah. I don't think there'll be any, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, because yeah. my, my quality, the higher I go, excels. Um, but if I'm not in a t- an environment that wants to go that direction, it's, it's, it's easy to say, nah, he's this, he's that. Do you know what I mean? So, as I said, I, from, from, from even before I was at Wrexham, I always wanted to go abroad. I always knew I'd be appreciated more abroad. Yeah. But that's why, again, when I went to Wrexham, I was so happy there because it, it, I'd done what I needed to do. But if I'd done that in, if I'd done 11 goals, 10 assists abroad, mm-hmm. bloody hell, I'd be pro- pro- probably playing Champions League right now. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, you can't, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Um, I hope I've not looked distracted the last minute or so, but I've just no. been going through my stats. I'm, I'm yeah. sad for stats. Anyone who knows me will tell you this. Um, yeah, yeah. But then end products is what decides football matches. And yeah, just yeah, to yeah. illustrate your end product, um, since we dropped in the National League, I've been keeping stats on the set. Yeah. And there's only nine players apart from you who ever got into double figures in a season for assists for Wrexham. You did yeah, it in yeah, half yeah. a season. Um, and you yeah. know, I mean, to take a couple of examples from those, three of them are in the season when we get 98 points. Well, obviously, people yeah. didn't get a lot of assists there. Anyway, fair play, they were great players. Um, yeah, yeah. you've got Connor Jennings, was a very good assist maker, and he did it twice in a row. And yeah, yeah. then you've got players, um, well, a player who, in a way, is the opposite of you, and in some ways is similar, in that some people didn't quite get him. Uh, Paul Rutherford, who just left the club, who was a proper hard worker, who would okay. take an excellent corner. It yeah, yeah, so far yeah. as he, he was very good at putting the ball in the right area for people to attack. Um, yeah, so he'd yeah. get double figures a couple of seasons because he would put putting good set pieces in. Um, yeah. But that's not many people. That's over, well, hang on, how many years now? 13 years. Yeah. Only 10 people have done that, including you, and you did it in half a season. Yeah, and, 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 and I think... Done it, you know? But this is what I mean. So if I'm inconsistent, then bloody yeah. hell, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it, you, you, can't, you can't win. You, you can't win. I think... It, with me, this just me on a, my personality, my character, my swag. It, it it comes with a lot, and I've as I've got older, I've realized it. You know what I mean? Because I've never tried to be a certain way inclined. I'm just me. I think I get on with everyone. I think fans love me. I'm cool with everyone, but also there's going to be a lot of fans that maybe don't like it. You know, I had a pink bag and all these things. So when things ain't going well. Ah, it's dumb. You know, he's this, he's that. But if you check the stats, for you know what I mean? If, or, and I say this humbly, if, say, Wes York got them numbers or whatever, but then he wasn't performing, 
would he get seen as? Do, do you know what I mean? That's, that's my point about yeah, wingers catch your eye, don't they? And yeah, exactly. You know I mean, oh yeah, Wes is always doing well. Yeah, he's always trying his best, and but no, he, he ain't done. He ain't done nothing though. So, so, yeah. so, do you know what I mean? And it's just again, that's not a criticism to Wes. It's just an example. But you, I think with me, everything around me, it comes with a lot. And I said, as I got older, I realized it, and that's why me being abroad now, you know, what I mean, I, I get appreciated for my my football yeah. a bit more. Yeah, I've got to say though, I've got to be honest, I got the impression that it was that the fans weren't the critics of you. Um, talking to ex-pros yeah. matches, I, yeah, yeah. I got that old-fashioned luxury player label. Um, yeah. But the fans, I thought, um, I mean, okay, you know, you know what humans are like, never mind fans. I mean, look at yeah, the yeah, world in at the moment. Uh, you know, yeah. people react stupidly in the moment to things. Yeah, but yeah, of course. Generally, yeah. the fans... We're right behind no, I, I, I think um, generally me and the fans got on. I, I, I think there is. I think in anything, you, 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 uh, the negatives stick out more than the positives in, in anything. So if I, if there's 10 good comments and there's one comment that says Dom's a luxury, that's going to stick out that as a general conception of the fans think I'm a luxury player. Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? Oh, I think, I think you, you, I can tell you at the time and now you are well loved. At Wrexham, I'm yeah. trying to get that for nothing. Yeah, no, it was hard. But when I, when I come back up against Chester, I was getting the booze. I was like, you know, I was, I was excited to be back. Some people just do that anyway, don't they? I think it's yeah, all, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's oh, fine. the pantomime. No, no, I, I can assure you that you, you're spoken of with real reverence, no, uh, remembered fine. extremely fondly. And um, well, you only have to go back through previous editions of this show to see that yeah. uh, the rants are about how you were used, <laughs> not, a, not against you, <laughs> believe yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that you were allowed to go like that when you weren't, you clearly weren't agitating to go, weren't looking to go. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, scandalous in a lot of our eyes, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, let's say this, it is what it is now, look, five, six years on, but it still upsets me a lot because, yeah, in life and in football, it's moments. You know what I mean? I said, that was the right moment. Everything was going right. Everything, you know, I'm doing my numbers. I'm playing well, you know. Um, and it's not that I've become a bad player, but I haven't found the right marriage again. And finding the right marriage is very hard in football. Yeah. So when it happened, as I said, I think I'd done a... I remember having a fans forum at the beginning of the season. And um, I've said, I want to stay for the season. I remember saying, I want to stay for the season. I think... After the Tranmere game, I said, there's an interview where I say, yeah, I, can, I think I can get 20 goals. So, I, leaving was never on the agenda. Ne like, ne never. Like, it was never on the agenda. So, when I've kind of been forced to leave like that and gone to, I respectfully, scum, when I've gone Scumthorpe, I don't even know where Scumthorpe is. I don't even know what Scumthorpe is. Do you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, so, when I've gone there, I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, yes, I've jumped two leagues. I've got a bit more money. But for one, the money is not worth leaving for. Um, and I don't even know anything about Scotland. Like, so, it, it, yeah, it, it upsets me to this day because when you when Scotland bought me, they didn't have a manager. So, so when I go there and, and don't play... There's no coincidence, really, because they don't even know what they don't, they don't even know what, what direction they're going in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's it. I got a got a call. So we played the EC game on a Saturday. 
obviously Eastleigh's kind of down south, so I've stayed home. We've got Sunday and Monday off. I think the Monday, I'm just in my house as, as normal. I think I'm heading up like to uh, central London. And um, so I've got a call from the gaffer. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even have his number saved. But you're right, though, Mr. Gaffer. That's said, me and the gaffer got on. We had a good relationship. Um, so when he's calling me, I'm thinking he's going to talk about like, what's been going on, like football-wise. Yeah. And he goes, oh, like long story short, we've, um, we've had a, a bid from Grimsby or we accept a bid from Grimsby. Do you want to go? And um, I've gone, oh, okay, no, I don't want to go. Like, like I don't want to go. And he's going, oh, like, I have to think about it. I'll talk to your dad, talk to your agent. And that's literally the last conversation I ever had with Barry Mills. Mm. And then whatever transpired, there's loads of fine details, but I ended up going scumful because I think basically if I um, if I stayed, I wasn't in the plans of going forward, X, Y, Z. Um, I got I got labelled as the luxury player. I don't help the team, inconsistent. Um, and obviously, Greens were in the same league at the time. And I think we played them not too long ago in, in the season. I was like, we, we battered them kind of thing. I think we drew 0-0. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not going I'm not going Grimsby. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going Grimsby. But I think, you know, I always knew in that in that world I left, like uh, there was there was offers from League One clubs, like, but I always said, now we want to stay. Yeah. But basically, um the aid, my agent at the time, uh found out the fee Grimsby bid and he put that the fee to other clubs that was interested. Um, but majority of them couldn't come up with the money. There's only scumful that could come up with the money uh, at the time. And yeah, they took it. They, and obviously I kind of had to take take it because if I stay, I'm not in a plan to go forward. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, in hindsight, do I... Do I, I think maybe in hindsight I could have stayed and and because um, I think at this time you could go on loan outside the window, so maybe I could have stayed and done that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? As a two leagues higher, I done my maths on it. I done the research. Listen, they had 19 games to go. There was like six points of playoffs. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, six points of playoff. They sign me on deadline day. If I score another five, ten goals, I'm gonna go again in the summer anyway. Go there, play eight minutes of first team football in three months. So, yeah, cheers. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't That's know. A... I'll, I, I, I'll never understand um, what happened in the terms of letting you go. Um, no, same, same, same. All, all I can say is that you are really loved at the race course and you still are and you were at the time. Um, I've not seen a player with your ability in the National League, um, honestly. And yeah, to get I rid of a player it. who can control games like that and pr- produce the stats, yeah. uh, well, it's probably the thing that makes me most angry out of watching Wrexham all these years. Because yeah, I think yeah. that team, if we kept playing like that and kept uh, getting the best out of you, we'd have gone up. And yeah. that's you build foundations like that, and I'll never, I'll never understand it. And I won't well, like, with the rant, but it's a long, angry rant, I can promise you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you because I'm pretty sure. So when we um, when uh, we got what we lost games or whatever in that Christmas period, I don't think like we probably I, well, I can't I don't remember but how far was we off playoffs? I, you know what I mean, I don't think it was 
it was out of sight like that. We had still had a half a season still. It just felt so, like that, like a sort of loss of nerve. Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? we just, we just like, it's a, it, it happens. You know what I mean? It was, it was a bad run of form, but I don't think we was ever down and out in the sense of, oh, uh, we we can't make make it back again. At the start of that run of losses, we were in the playoffs. In the playoffs, and yeah. At the end of, I mean, well, if I expand it out a bit, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have nine league games and only win one. So after you leave, we drew we draw a few. And yet yeah. when we win again against Bromley, which is February, we're eighth. And next game we win, we're sixth. Next game we win, we're fourth. But I feel it's not much of a coincidence that that's when Lee Fowler is in playing your role. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's similar. similar, it's similar type of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start a creative player back in. And then that's the point where Caden Jackson's scoring. But then we start going longer. And then the way yeah. up. So we actually were back in the playoffs. In fact, oh, hang on a second, just looking at this. Yeah, we were in the playoffs at the end of February. So, so, so we, again, back to my point is, yeah. we, 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 if we believed in what we was doing again, I had, no, I have no doubt that we would have yeah. finished yeah. the playoffs. And I, you know what I mean. And I think, I think on paper, team wise, performance wise, also I haven't watched Wrexham since, but I, I don't think any Wrexham team since has been better. No, that, that, I, that, that, that's not me trying to be big time, or I, I, I don't think that, that there'll be any. But obviously, I played against Wrexham with Chester. Mm. That obviously, yeah, it was hard working and say, but nah, couldn't that couldn't touch us. I think they couldn't touch our Wrexham team. Well, I mean, yeah. as well, we finished eighth, so three places off the playoffs. But our last eight games, one one, uh, sorry, one two, drawn one, lost lost five. So, you know, that, that's the sort of form that this long ball team was getting. Yeah. Because a lot of these players are brought in and playing possession football, and now suddenly a hoof in it. We've not got the squad. Yeah, it, it was um, crazy. I speak to, like, if I, if I speak to, I sp- spoke to Newts when I was out here, and we're just talking on lack of wire messages, and he was like, mate, I still, that Wrexham team, I can't, what happened, man? Because I think as a collective, it's like, I think no one's really. Obviously, players have pushed on, but it's like the core group mm. that was part of it hasn't really. And it's like, mate, what, what happened? Obviously, I think Caden's done well. Uh, John Nolan's play, pushed on, but the core group that was playing from the start, it's more like that was the time, man. We, you know what I mean? That was the time for us yeah. to, as a team, because it was a good group of boys, you know, good. You know, we had the player house, it was a very family family environment at the time you know and, and so. as well I mean for me yeah you, you look at those players I guess I mean it's, it's, you're a case in point really mm. when when you're doing well at a club and then a club just inexplicably says leave that, that's a setback in your career and you have to try and dig in no, you know, uh, I mean, just, a lot of those players got released by us amazingly but, rather than getting better moves yeah it's hard man it's hard it's re- it really is hard like, as a, for me um, that is what has spiraled my career, really. Mm. Um, yeah, like it, you know, what I mean, if you, yeah, me leaving leaving Wrexham, how I left Wrexham, the club I've gone to, it didn't make. Because I said you've got to remember at the time as well. Like uh, I, I was in the papers after I scored that goal, but I'm getting uh, rumors: Birmingham, Wolves, Sheffield United, Rotherham. And respectfully to Scunthorpe, 
and Grimsby, I, they're the two next clubs I go to in the league. Yeah. So it's like, in reality, I'm not meant to go to any of these clubs because of the trajectory I'm on. But, you know, people, with football, someone's got your, their life in, 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 in their hands. Yeah. In your, yeah, your life in their hands. And it kind of doesn't matter what you do. Like I said, like, people like to say, listen, you go to a team, you do well, you score goals, it'll, it'll work itself out. Yeah. I agree, but I'll talk for myself. <laughs> I went there, scored 10, 11 goals, 10 assists. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't do anything for me, apart from giving me bloody heartache. So, um, that's a, me and football, I, it's bittersweet in me and football. I love football to pieces, but it's, it, it hurts me bad because I shouldn't be, I don't think I should be where I am today. Yeah. And it's fine margins what put you in these situations. And bizarre decisions, I've got to say. Things out of your control. So yeah, it, 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 as I said, I, I tell anyone, listen, just work hard, train hard, make sure you're the best and leave it to, to, the, to the, the big man upstairs. And we, we go from there because you can't plan for a manager changing on you. You, you, can't, you can't plan for that. You know what I mean? So is what it is. All I can say, and I can say, I'm telling you, on, on behalf of Wrexham fans, you're an absolute star as far as we're concerned. And it was man. a privilege to have you. And you mentioned your swag earlier. I like yeah, that yeah. rucksack. I enjoy yeah, that. No, I, enjoy no, with the big rucksack. I thought it was good. <laughs> no, I think, as you said, you, uh, the fans, like, like I said, it's probably older pros with a certain mentality. They might frown upon it. Yeah, but it's, it, we're in a new generation, you know. You, yeah. you got to let the young boys yeah, express themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, man. Yeah, the skills to carry it off as well. Hey, you know? it is, man. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I appreciate it. No, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. And I know oh, everyone's going to really love this. Anytime, Anytime uh, man. I'm Liam McClendon, and this is Dragon Heart. Well, thanks to Dom Vos there. Great, great conversation. He's a good, good talker, wasn't he, Mark? Oh, Dom's fantastic. You know, fair play. Very honest as well. Um, and fascinating to hear him talking about that luxury player label, which I completely agree with him. He's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to get him on. And um, next week, Mark, we're going to be talking about, well, my experience as a fan, for the first time, since the pandemic, really, getting on the train and going to Tamworth. I can't wait. Brilliant. I hope I'll be there as well. Um, we don't know yet the situation with press passes, but I hope I'll be able to go and we'll be able to get, compare notes next time. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, uh, as the days are going closer to it, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited and anxious because I think the thought of getting on a train with crammed full people, because we know what it like, gets like when you get to Birmingham New Street, it gets very, very packed. Um, no masks. Just walk, walks into a pub. It's going to be absolutely crazy. So can't wait to talk about it. And I can't wait to watch Rex live again. Absolutely. That'll be fantastic for so many people, won't it? Yeah, it, it's going to be great just to be able to see people laughing, smiling, enjoying a pint, enjoying the game, hopefully. And yeah, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Hopefully we won't have to go back into lockdown, lockdowns of uh, empty stands. First time Wrexham fans have been able to go to an away game since we got battered by Yeovil in what February yeah. 2019. So yeah, a lot of change since. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to some ta- 
<laughs> I'm looking forward to some Tamworth surf and turf. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, uh, on to on to next week. Thanks for everyone for listening, and get you next Friday. Thanks very much for watching. Please subscribe as well so you don't miss out on any of our content, and click the bell to get notifications.